Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.ag. And for this week only, get a 110% sign-on bonus. 110% of your initial deposit by using code NEXTROUND. That's MyBookie.ag, code NEXTROUND. All right, let's talk some uh, basketball from last night. Dalen Cuff was in the studio for ESPN. You saw him uh, during the game at halftime as well as Auburn beat Alabama last night down in Neville. What is up, Dalen? Welcome into the show. How are you? You're muted. That's how you are. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. That's all. We're better. Sorry about that. My it's bad. all good. It's all good. Uh, he's on the JohnsonRVCenter.com hotline. Uh, an impressive win by Auburn. Let's just start there with the obvious that uh, that was a uh, an impressive win. Auburn's best win of the season thus far. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a really complete performance. I do think what's interesting is I think Alabama's good. I think the computers like Alabama more than I do. I just I, I think that obviously the modern way of basketball is how they're playing. You know, threes, layups, free throws. Get the whole mathematical equation to it. The problem with them is I do think as far as their defensive numbers, sometimes they're really good because their perimeter defense can be great. But when you have a an advantage, and I said this many times last night, like Jani Broom or or a lot of guys able to get into the paint, whether they bigs or guards, that that causes some problems. And I do think when they played some of the better teams, we've seen Alabama's schedule has been brutal, and we have seen other teams be able to exploit them, be able to score in, in a high clip, partially because of the pace, but also because their defense at times can be exploited. I thought Albert in the first outing uh, started the game strong, played through Broom, and then got fell in love with chucking some threes. And you get, you can fall in love with the pace of the game, and Alabama gets you playing at that pace. They're good to make chuck threes. They're going to make more than you are. They're going to beat you at their game. Uh, when Auburn was able to play fast on the defensive side of the ball, and then offensively, you know, old John wouldn't, you know, quote, be quick, but don't hurry. Like they were fast, they were moving, but they weren't rushed. They were playing to their strength. They were playing to their advantages, whether getting the ball to broom on the block or in the, on the, in the painted area or getting there on the bounce. And once they did that, they dominated. And guys, let's be real. There were like 10 million free throws to take. Well, 85 free throws. Oh. So like I, that, the last 18 minutes of like, re, like real time, we moved on to the nine o'clock games. Like I was like, this game is over. We got to, we got to focus on other stuff because it was just, it was wild. You've seen some great home court advantages throughout college basketball. You know, everybody points to, obviously, uh, Fog Allen Fieldhouse, Cameron Indoor, but Auburn's 12-0 and at Neville. And, and that just, it seems like a, you know, I was watching at a restaurant last night, um, but it comes through the TV. It just seems like an incredible, one of the best home court advantages in all of college basketball. It's, it is second to none. And I don't say that because I'm on with you guys and you guys, you guys cover these teams. You see it all the time, but... It's better because, honestly, the, the environment is wild. The crowd is great. But, again, how they play when they come at you, it waves, and you can feel. It's like you, you cannot stop it. It's like a tidal wave. That's where that crowd really takes hold is because of the style of play, the players, how they're coached by Bruce Pearl and what he wants them to do. And then you have that crowd environment. It's a whole different thing. That was They were laying five and a half points yesterday, and that was one of the better bets on the board, I thought. Just, again, I like Alabama. Don't love them. And in that building – Auburn is truly special. They could they, Auburn could do something special this year. They can go back to a Final Four. I think they're very capable of that, um, and they continue to show that in some big moments. Early in my career, coaches would tell me they started out with a deeper bench, and as it got through the season, it would get trimmed down to like nine guys, and maybe by the time you know we have longer TV timeouts in March Madness that maybe we'll get down to a seven- or an eight-person rotation. That's not what Auburn is. And I want you as a player, former player, to talk to me about how you have to be made up DNA-wise as a player at Auburn to sort of handle almost a line shift of substitutions all the time. I think it's built into you through the, through the course of the offseason and in early season practices. Part of it is when you're playing on a team where you see the depth of talent. 
so you know that all these guys can add something to it. It's different when you're if you're let's be honest, if you're busting a guy's ass in practice all the time. You're like, wait, why am I giving up minutes to this dude all the time? I'm giving him buckets. Those things are hard. <laughs> but when they're going back and forth, and those practices are high level practices with a lot of guys that can play, you know how many guys can contribute. So you realize that your strengths in numbers. Obviously, you're following your leader too. If Bruce Pearl is telling you this and showing you this, whether it be through practice film, game film, analytics. Like there's not a huge drop off. The different guys have different strengths and weaknesses, no doubt. But there's not a big drop off. I mean, you look like a team. You mentioned Fog Allen earlier. Kansas, they go to their sixth and seventh man. It is fall, it precipitous, like falling off a cliff. Like you, it's a whole different level of skill that doesn't happen without with with Auburn. So you actually are you're understanding as a group. We're playing into our strengths. So Florida, Florida State and Leonard Hamilton has done this for years when they're they were having a great run, basically from like 16 to like 22 of of playing nine, 10, 11 guys and also putting guys into the lottery picks. And like that was, that was kind of the same model of saying, guys, we're going to play by our strengths and numbers. Give me everything you got. I want you to be fully gassed. Cause that's true too. As a player, you will downshift at times. You will try to save some energy here and there to, to make sure you can go as long as possible, knowing that you're going to come out because somebody else is capable of doing a very similar job to you gives you the free license to give everything you got for that two to five minute window. And you're going to get spelled and you're going to get back in and you're going to have your time. Dalen Kopp is with us from ESPN. You can follow him on Twitter at Dalen Kopp. You saw him last night during the game. You'll see him all season long there. So do you think Tennessee, and there's a difference between best team and team that might go the deepest in the tournament, but do you think Tennessee is the best mm-hmm. team in the SEC? That's a great way of setting up your question. I think Tennessee <laughs> is, best, is best built to win this league as currently constituted. Right. Uh, I will say this, though. As I, I'm big on Auburn, as I've just said a multiple times. Auburn does have the home game and does not return that game to Tennessee. That may ultimately be the difference in the end. And I think partly, as an ESPN employee, we are partly to blame for this. When you are picked to be high in your league, your schedule is going to be harder. When you are Tennessee and Kentucky, you're going to play twice. When there are certain teams, Bama was picked as a team that's going to be high, you're going to, pick, you're going to play some of the better teams multiple times. Your schedule reflects that. Auburn didn't totally dodge the bullet, but getting that game at home is huge, to say the least. I do believe they have to go to Rupp, which, given how Kentucky defends, it's not the same challenge as it is going to Knoxville. Let, let me I just let me quickly say it's, the, it's, the, it's actually the opposite. They play Kentucky at home, and they're at Tennessee. Auburn. Yes, yes. for Auburn, yeah. Okay, so I have it backwards then. My fault. Yeah, so that, Tennessee. that's okay. okay they but, right. but they do, only have, the one, they, the they do yeah. only have the one meeting, that's though. Right. Yeah, Alabama one plays them yeah. twice. Um, with each other, yes. So, te- I mean, I do think that ultimately you're going to have a situation where Tennessee is – it's better suited to win enough games to do this thing. And I think because partially the road environments in this conference are great, to win on the road is really, really hard. And I think the defensive capability that Tennessee has can travel a little bit better, a little bit more consistently. But I think we're looking at like a one-game spread. I think it's going to be a great race in the SEC down the stretch. You know, the, the, the surprise team is obviously South Carolina. They've won six straight games for the first time since 1997. Lamont Pierce is doing an incredible job with this team. They beat Kentucky during that six-game stretch by 17. But if I asked you, more staying power that can go deeper in March, would you go South Carolina or Kentucky? Excellent question. Um, I lean Kentucky because I lean offense a little bit, and they can overwhelm you. And I do think there'll be times that that if South Carolina gets into a – their margin of error, let's say, is smaller. They're going to have to at times probably rock fight you out in some tough games. Depends on your matchups. are always matter in the tournament. It's, it's cliche. It's trite but true. They're going to have to find a way to win games, and they have really good players that have continued to improve the course of the year. Lamont Paris is – really, I think he's the favorite for national coach of the year right now. Like, he's doing that good of a job. But still, they are a defensively built team. They control the tempo of the game. They grind you one of the slowest tempos in the country. And where that's going to leave is a margin for error that's sometimes smaller. More possessions. Kentucky can overwhelm you in time offensively. 
sometimes the pros show up and those they got a lot of pros on that team and sometimes that can be the difference so i do think in terms of a matchup wise kentucky may be more likely to get you to set to a second weekend than south carolina but the matchups will be huge and that doesn't take away from anything that the gamecocks have done now that um tennessee has done this to alabama and auburn has done it to alabama down low what are some things we can look for from uh, from Nate Oates and that coaching staff down the stretch for Alabama to try to massage and cover up their lack of defense and their lack of lack of physicality inside the paint? What what are some ways they maybe can cover that up? Is it just it's tough to cover it up because sometimes the, 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 the challenge really is personnel based. Like sometimes you can work on things schematically, but when you're dealing with guys that are really good players and they're, they're they are they have a physically imposing advantage on you. That's hard to handle. Now, you can try to double at different times. Now, different personnel matters. Do you, can you double? Will you double? Uh, and which way you double? You're going guard to guard, big to big. Like you can work on some things, and each game's going to matter. Like the good thing for Bama is there aren't a ton of teams that have like that. I mean, Jani Broom's a top 20 player in the country. Like, they're, they're guys aren't just growing on trees. So they don't, not every, every team has a guy like that that's going to come in and dominate a game. But there's ways you have to by, by which do it as a group. Ball pressure has to be better, so you can't get into the post. Your post defense doing your work early has to be better. And then, like I said before, you can look at doubling and stuff. But in today's college basketball, you're not dying to double to put yourself in rotation. You'd have to be forced into that. You put it in your package. Maybe you won't wield it out for certain games. But ultimately, you don't want that to happen. Also, we'll say sometimes their their ability to play at pace, though, is their best defense. Because you can fall in love with getting, trying to get up and down. Especially this, this league is the most entertaining league in the country. And I don't even think it's close. Like night in and night out, you're having fun, quality games. But teams that are playing up and down, you've got high-level athletes, you've got probably maybe more pros in this league than any other league. So there's a lot to watch here, and you can fall in love with that with Alabama. And if you're playing their game at their pace where they're in flow and they're getting they're getting drives, paint touches, kicks for threes, drive, paint touches, layups, or getting the free throw line, you get caught up, and next thing you know, you're down big, and it's hard to come back on those guys. So sometimes their offense will be their best defense. All right. Again, I'll preface my question by saying there is a difference between more entertaining and best. Do you agree with Chuck that the Big 12 is the best conference, though? He said it during the telecast last night. I do, yeah. Chuck, yeah, the, the Big Twelve is the best league, and the, the reason for that is it is the depth of teams. It is the amount of teams that are going to play in the NCAA tournament, um, and they didn't just get that. I think there's a narrative going around right now, which may have been started by some some folks that I work with, and <laughs> has been has been rolling downhill about the Big Twelve and they're playing and they're, they're playing nobody, and their cupcakes, and their net rankings and stuff. Guys, just because you play a weak net rank like teams that are they're lower net ranked, you also have to beat them. And scoring margin does factor in. They're beating the doors off the teams. Like, when you look at the ACC, they're up over here. Now, people have gotten hold of that theory and, and narrative on their end and saying, maybe we shouldn't schedule so hard. The problem is Florida State loses to Lipscomb. Loyola Marymount beats you know Clemson last year. Clemson loses to Uma, Lumas Lowell last year, I think it was. Those things can't happen. And the difference in the Big 12 is they're good teams that didn't happen. Oklahoma State, fine. But Oklahoma State is being proven out to be, unfortunately, I love Mike Boynton, the worst team in that league. That's like the one team that's like a truly weak team. But the Big 12, by and large, you have tons of veteran teams, tons of older players have transferred in that league, very well coached, very physical, and have some guys that, that can really make plays. You have pros in different spots and a lot of very, very good, maybe not pros, but I mean, Max Aismas has scored, what, 3,400 points or something like that right now? Like you got guys that can score, and Texas is a team that's up and down, but you have talent across that league, and you've got physicality and depth across the league. So I do think those are the, as the best conference, and I don't think it's – I think it's simple, oversimplifying the matter to say they played a bunch of cupcakes and they beat them. That's really not what's happening here. Because when you watch the games, these are high-level games. You can see them playing in the tournament and having some wins. Just like, though, the SEC. Again, there's eight probably teams, maybe nine going from this league. Like, there ain't many from the ACC. There's three, four, five. Five would be max. Pac-12's getting maybe two. So you're, you're looking at the balance of power being in the Big 12 
the SEC, and ironically, the Mountain West when it comes to the tournament bids. All right, follow Daily Cuff on Twitter at that very name right there. He makes it very easy for you on Twitter, and you can see him on ESPN and ESPN2 throughout the remainder of the basketball season. Very much appreciate the time. Anytime, guys. Be well. All right, you too. Take care. He was with us on the Johnston RVCenter.com hotline.